help you. So let me start with this. Why should you attend DNAP? I'm going to answer that question. Because it's a great thing. But, but we'll get to why. W one of our new focuses, kind of kicking off now and going to DNAP and all the way to youth camp, is this word, real life. These two words, real life. And the reason we're going to focus on this idea of real life is because so many people, so many people, friends of yours that have graduated, adults, so many people are getting confused in their life. They're, 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 they're buying into a false sense of life. The world is selling them a false sense of real life. What they think is true life, what they think is real life, the abundant life, exciting, great, all that, they're falling into stuff that's just going to destroy their lives. Um, our world is full of voices trying to get you to buy into what they are selling, and what they're selling is not life. And so I want to spend a lot of time talking about real life. Because real life is not found out there, it's found in Jesus. And if you walk away from Jesus, I guarantee you, you're not going to find life. It might be awesome, it might be great for a moment, but you're going to find yourself alone, you're going to find yourself hurt, uh, broken, depressed, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. There's so much, just so many stories that I've heard from people I truly care about, past youth, adults, all sorts of stuff. Their lives are dramatically changing, falling apart because they're choosing opposite of Jesus. And so let me ask you a question. Where should we look for spiritual guidance? Jesus. Jesus. Where should we look for all guidance about everything? Jesus. Okay, I'll pass that test. Good job. There's a rise in spiritual interest in our country, especially with younger people, like somewhat like me, if you count me as young, all the way to your age, or your age and up. Um, but there is this interest. I was just talking to somebody the other day. We were we sat down and talked, and they were talking about how on social media, that social media has been pushing spiritual influences into her feed um, about like tarot cards and divination and other stuff like that. It's, it's, it's out there. Whether you've experienced it or not, it's out there and people are falling into it. They're, they're saying, hey, the message that we teach at church that Jesus is all about, we reject that. We want to build up our own Jesus or our own religion or whatever because we think that will give us answers, that that will give us hope and purpose, etc. That's the false life. People are searching for answers to life and its challenges, but those things are empty ways of life, just trying to manipulate God or drag you away from God altogether instead of trusting him and his promises. So why should you attend D now to hear from God? Um, it, 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 the real God who offers real life, to hear from God. That's what we're talking about. How to hear God's voice. Hearing God. What it means to hear from him. Because if you're like me and all the other Christians that have ever existed, there's been a time, and if you're not there now, where you've struggled on what it means to hear God, how to hear God. If you've, you know, what does that mean? So for the next couple of weeks, I want to focus in on, on hearing God so that you're ready for D now. God can speak to you all the more clearly, but also before D now, after D now, the rest of your life, I want you to be able to talk to God and what that means. So we're going to dive into that. Now, 
the, another reason I gave you paper is because I have no, I had no time today for any slides. So this is all just going to be words. I'll try to emphasize or point out some of the things that you might want to write down. But just a heads up, there's nothing up there. And we're also going to use this. So hearing God, how do I hear God's voice today? Um, we're going to foc- focus on some basics, but we're going to hit a lot. And I don't know how long this is going to go. So we might have to cut this in half. We'll just kind of see what happens. But first, some b- basics. Prayer. I want to first cover prayer. What is prayer? Talking to God. What else is prayer? What if I said that is an incomplete description of prayer? Even though we use that all the time. Talking to God. Not, not, you're not wrong. But there's more to it. What is prayer? Talking to God. And God talking to you. Conversation. Prayer is this relationship, this experience with God. Psalm 27.4, if you want to write these verses down, I'll mention them. Psalm 27.4 is the verse that we use for our one word uh, focus. Um, One thing I have asked from you, Lord, that I will seek after, that I may dwell in the house of the Lord all the days of my life to gaze upon the beauty of the Lord and to acquire in his temple. See, prayer is all about just seeking God. Yes, conversing, conversating with God, but just seeking God. That's what prayer is all about. Not just talking to him, but being with him and having a back and forth conversation. So the parts of prayer, does anybody know what the parts of prayer are? If you were going to describe parts of prayer, this needs to be part of prayer. What would you say? Amen. (laughs) That's good. Um, what? Acts. Acts. Adoration, confession, thanksgiving, supplication. Adoration, confession, supplication, thanksgiving. Right? All right. Here's how I have it worded. It's not as talented. So Acts is adoration, which means praise. A-C. Confession. I had to <laughs> spell Acts. You know, it's difficult. Confession. Confessing, your, admitting your sin and confessing it to God. T, thanksgiving. This is great if you want to write it down. But I'll tell you why it's wrong in a second. T, Thanksgiving, it's not wrong. Um, But uh, anyway, T, Thanksgiving, giving thanks for everything God's blessed you with, God existing, you existing, and then S, supplication, request, petition, making these requests of God, God help, God help with this, God, I just want to see your, you know, things like that. But there's one thing we always leave out in prayer, I always like to bring it up, and it's, it's maybe the most important, just listen. Hearing God. Yes, prayer has a lot to do with what we're doing, but man, sometimes we miss out on prayer because we're not listening to God. It's the part we struggle with the most. We did a prayer series way back. I forgot to look when it was. Prayer equals change when our prayers begin and end with God. Prayer equals change when we pray with God's own words. Prayer equals change when we pray like Jesus prayed. Prayer equals change when we pray for what matters most, according to God, not ourselves, according to God. But in order for, man, prayer to equal change in our lives, in the lives around us, in our circumstances, we got to hear from God. Part of prayer, the most forgotten and maybe the most important part, the part of prayer that must take place, that we struggle with most, is just listening and hearing God. So if you want, you can take all those together and come up with a new acronym if you want. But listening and hearing God. So let's talk about hearing God, how you can hear God. What does his voice sound like? How do I know it's him? What should I do after I hear God? How can I be compatible with God's voice? And 
another thing I encourage you to do, write questions down. If you have questions about this, I'd love for you to write them down and, and somehow get them to me at some point because I will answer anything that you want, anything. Um, I'd like it to be related to the topic, but anyway, anything. So I'm going to break this down into three parts. So we're going to have three big points and some other stuff. But anyway, the first part when it comes to hearing God is capacity. So if you want to write that down, capacity. I'm going to choose black. Capacity. Capacity. First off, Anyone has the capacity to hear God. Anybody, everybody, every human has the ability to hear God. If that weren't true, you would have never been able to be saved because the Spirit is the one who nudges us, who speaks to us, who uh, 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 invites us into life with Christ. And so if you're a Christian, if you've believed and surrendered to Jesus, you have heard from God. And you can kind of take some joy in that. Whether you realize it or not, you have heard from God because we all have the capacity to hear from God. There's plenty of people in the Bible that don't follow God at all, and God spoke to them. We all have the capacity to hear God to start with. But, uh, you know, picture a cup. You know, we all, this is not a cup, this is a bowl. But uh, we all have this ability to be poured into. Now, before Jesus, before we came to Christ, before salvation, believing and surrendering to Jesus, our capacity is a lot smaller. And it's hard to line up with God to hear from him. And so if, if, if uh, a couple verses, John 6, 44, it says, no one can come to me unless the father who sent me draws him, that God draws him to himself. John 16, 8 says, when, when the spirit comes, the Holy Spirit, the Spirit will convict the world concerning sin and righteousness and judgment, that God is going to speak through his Spirit to everybody about coming to Jesus, about being saved, believing and surrendering to Jesus. ABC, admitting that you're a sinner, believing in Jesus as God's Son, and C, confessing, man, that he's your Lord and Savior because of what he did to the cross and the grave. Um, so, so again, you've heard from God before if you're a Christian. But what I want to focus on is a greater capacity. How can I hear from God more? How can I be in a better position to hear God? Do you have a larger capacity to receive God's voice? Like a phone, does it have the capacity to receive all signals or just a few? You, know, you, you like to get all the signals. That way you have good service and you can text and you can call and you can look up stuff and watch funny videos on YouTube and have a grand old time. That's what I do. So how do we have a greater capacity? Well, communication with God happens on a spirit-to-spirit level. All right, so here's where we have fun in our little papers, and we get to draw pictures. So draw an hourglass. And this top part is God. Down here is you. So um, God, what, who, how, how do we describe the triune God, the Trinity? God the Father, God the Son, God the Spirit. Boom. Uh, uh, oh. I spelt Father wrong. There we go. Father, Son, Spirit. Now, how do we describe your um, bipolar identities? Just kidding. Um, it's a joke. But down here, we got body mind, 
and spirit. That's what that says if you can't read. All right, body, mind, and spirit. So to have a, 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 a greater capacity for God, communication with God happens on a spirit-to-spirit level. Our body doesn't communicate to God. Our mind doesn't communicate to God. It's a spirit thing. Jesus says in John 4, 24, God is spirit and those who worship him must worship in spirit and truth. So, so we have this right here, this, this intersection, this point of inspiration is what uh, uh, Brother Mike calls it, where, where communication with God happens on a spirit to spirit level. So first off, how can you line these two points up? Because usually you look at the average person and it's more like this, or we're not even pointed in the right direction. How do you line these points up? Well, first it starts with Jesus. Just your relationship with God. John 14, 6, Jesus says uh, to him, uh, to to somebody, uh, I am the way and the truth and the life. No one comes to the Father except through me. So if you want to keep adding to your little fancy drawing, you can draw a cross right in the center there. Jesus is what connects us to the Spirit. Once we have Jesus, once we surrender to him and believe in him, or if you want to use the ABC method, admit, believe, confess, you have the Spirit in your life, and you have a greater capacity to communicate with God in in prayer and and all sorts of stuff. So um, our salvation through Jesus is what gives us that greater capacity because it is the Holy Spirit teaching us, guiding us, helping us, all that. Um, Meaning, once again, in order to have a a greater capacity, you must be saved. Um, Yeah, spirit to spirit. Uh, Ephesians 6.12 says, For we do not wrestle against flesh flesh and blood, but against the rulers, against the authorities, against the cosmic powers over this present darkness, against the spiritual forces of evil in the heavenly places. Our battle isn't a physical one, it's a spiritual one. The Christian war is waged here. Because, yes, once you line up with God, that's great, but you go from one battle to another. Because right here, this point of inspiration, this, this intersection where you're communicating with God, Satan is shooting all of his arrows right at you, right at this area. Because if he can disrupt you from hearing God or keep you from hearing God, then you're not going to know your identity, you're not going to know your purpose, you're not going to know where you belong. So this moves us to the next point. In order to hear from God, we must check our capacity, but we must also check our proximity. And don't trust my spelling. I think I'm right. But anyway, so, so proximity is, are you within range? You know, if you have a computer or a phone and you have the Wi-Fi modem right here and you walk a mile that way, you will no longer receive service. You will not have Wi-Fi. You are out of range. Now, it's similar with God, but a bit different because God's Wi-Fi extends everywhere. He has the best Wi-Fi out there. It's Jesus1234. And the password is password123. No, I'm just kidding. Um, Anyway, uh, but, but God's voice, God's communication, nothing can block it. Listen to Psalm 139, 7 through 13. Through 14. Psalm 139, 7 through 14. Just listen to this. Where shall I go from your spirit? Or where shall I flee from your presence? If I ascend to heaven, you are there. If I make my bed in Sheol, which is another word for for death or the grave, you are there. 
If I take the wings of the morning and dwell in the uttermost parts of the sea, even there your hand shall lead me and your right hand shall hold me. If I say, surely the darkness will cover me and the light about me uh, and the light about me be night, if it's dark, <laughs> even the darkness is not dark to you. The night is bright as the day, for darkness is as light with you. And here's that that comes right before this, a very powerful verse, one that you've read before, one that you might have memorized. God is always with us. And then it says this, for you formed my inward parts. You knitted me together in my mother's womb. I praise you for I'm fearfully, wonderfully made. Wonderful are your works. My soul knows this very well. See, God's presence actually affects our identity, our purpose, and our belonging. Psalm 139, 7 through 14. God is never far from us. He is always with us, which is, is a truth that can't be changed by our circumstances, can't be changed by our choices, can't be changed by our, de our desires. If you feel far from God, he's not far from you. He's right there. Now, there's times where our hearts, our minds, and our actions can be far from God in a sense. They can be unaligned with his will and his way. Or like if your heart is idolizing something else, if your mind is preoccupied with something else, if your body is participating in sin, all of this contributes to a lack of proximity. Though God is close, our spiritual selves can feel and act very far from him. But James 4.8, James 4.8 says this, draw near to God and he will draw near to you. Cleanse your hands, you sinners, and purify your hearts, you double-minded people. That when we get so wrapped up in the world, we feel far from God, but all we have to do is come to him, and he is there. Whether we feel it or not, he is there. That is a truth and a reality that never changes, and this is why we must spend time with God, personal and, and uh, uh, relationally, in a community in solitude, but also with others, in silence and in church, as part of the church. And when we spend time with God, we stay in proximity, in a better place, able to hear him better. So if we have the capacity, if we know Jesus, and we're in proximity, we're spending time with him, we're in a better place to hear him, hear God. The final one, this is going to be the longest one, and a little more complicated, is connectivity. And this is what we really want, a good connection. Just like, uh, uh, you, you know, this is where the magic happens. This is where we're able to sync up, to download, to upload, all of that. You know, we, we have to have uh, a connection, and we have to have the right connection. How does this work, with, you know, with, with Wi-Fi and all that? Man, you want the best speed. You want the best download, upload speed. You want the best connection. You know, wired connections are always better usually than Wi-Fi, but you want the best that you can get. Wi-Fi issues seem to be a plague of this church. There's so many times where Wi-Fi just doesn't want to work. We have the best stuff. We actually have two Wi-Fi providers, and it still is not that good. I need to delete that from the recording. Uh, just kidding. Um, but how does this work with God? You have to have the right connection and the right speed. So if you want to make some sub-points to, oh, I forgot the right connectivity. Oh, connect. Uh, <laughs> okay. I don't know what that says. It looks like, it does look like Comet. 
I got plenty. All right, yeah. So connectivity. Um, if you want to write a subpoint, you can write speed. Um, but first, connecting the right resource, uh, right, right sources. We want to connect in the right sources. There's lots of wrong ways to connect with God, such as a Ouija board or tarot cards. You're just trying to manipulate God instead of walking in a relationship. Um, how do we connect with God? Well, Bible, worship, prayer, awareness and circumstances, serving, discipleship, thanksgiving, witnessing, celebration, Sabbath, simplicity, study, silence, solitude. Uh, what did that say? Wait, uh, waiting, accountability, hospitality, memorization, stewardship, generosity, fasting, community, and so much more. There's all these spiritual disciplines, as we call them, just, just ways that we can discipline ourselves to spend time with God and connect with him in a good method, um, in, a, in a, a proper way. These are all ways to connect with God, but the other issue is speed. This is one of the subpoints. Oh, where'd my mark go? Oh, there it is. So let's, I'm not bending down anymore. So to have good connectivity, you have to have good speed, but here's the thing about speed. Our society, we want the fastest internet possible. <laughs> my computer was being slow earlier. Have you ever been in those moments, or on your phone, because my phone was doing it too at one point, where you're just like, because you're so frustrated because it's so slow. Or in a video game, you start lagging out. Yeah. Yeah. It knows when you're upset. It knows, yes. <laughs> it knows, so true. So our society is just like that. We want the fastest speed, but that doesn't work with God. When we try to go our speed, it's not, connectivity is not going to work with God. We, and this is so hard for us to learn, this P word, patience. Ugh, it's exhausting just thinking about it, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, oh man. All right, so God does not operate on the standards of culture, but in his own perfect timing, all right? We have to practice patience, openness, selflessness, because usually we want God to answer our questions as fast as we can, and it's just a selfish relationship that we're trying to build. Isaiah 40, 31 says this, and this is all over Scripture, but those who wait on the Lord, not those who do a bunch of stuff, not those who have perfect attendance at church and are the best Christian because they do all these kinds of those who wait on the Lord shall renew their strength. They shall mount up with wings like eagles. They shall run but not be weary. They shall knock, uh, walk but not faint. If you want to be the best woman or man of God, you have to learn how to wait on the Lord, to walk with him at his speed, and sometimes just sit and wait. This is a hard practice, but so worth it because when we go to God trying to make something happen or just trying to get answers to our personal issues, then we've just made God a genie in a bottle and he does not work that way. He wants to bless you. He wants to give you an abundant life. He wants you to thrive and flourish, but it's gonna be through his way, his will, and his word. Not your way, your will, and your word. It's no longer about relationship when we do that. And some of the best moments that you're going to have with God when, you hear, when, you're, when you're hearing God is not going to be when you walk away with answers or when you walk away with this magnificent message that he's given you. It's just going to be because you spent 
time with your Abba Father, with God, with Jesus. John 13, 23. And this is, there's a lot of translations that, that don't capture this full verse. This is the LEB, L-E-B just you can find it, uh, Lexham English Bible um, translation. John 13, 23, it says one of his disciples, and this is John, and if you know anything about the book of John, John refers to himself in the book as the disciple Jesus loved. Not because he thought he was better than anybody else except Peter. I think he did think he was better than Peter. Most people did. Um, but because he understood the love Jesus had for him. So one of his disciples, John, the one whom Jesus loved, actually says it right there, was reclining close beside Jesus. And if you dive into the, uh, the scripture and interpretation, all that, translations, he was leaning into Jesus, reclining at, they used to, when, they, when the Jew, Jewish people ate way back then, they ate at like little coffee tables and they laid on the ground to eat. And they would just lean there and he was against Jesus, laying, laying against him because he knew Jesus loved him, cared for him, and that they could be close, that Jesus would accept that embrace. Just knowing him as Abba and you as the beloved child, leaning into each other, don't rush hearing God. Don't rush connectivity with God. Another issue with connectivity is disruption. It's absolutely the worst thing where you're in the middle of a show or work or game and you lose connection because something disrupted it. Two things that can disrupt your connection, or three. Sin. Psalm 66, 18 says, if I had cherished iniquity, sin, in my heart, the Lord would not have listened. Sin is like earwax in your ears. See, God hears every prayer out there. And, and the psalmist David or whoever will sometimes portray it like God can't listen to get a point across. That when we are wrapped up in sin, it clogs our ears from hearing him. And usually we're praying very selfish prayers. And he's like, I'm not interested in those prayers. I want to help you thrive. And that's not going to help you thrive. When there's stuff in your ears, like you got water in your ears, you have an ear infection, it's hard to hear. I have a hard enough time hearing. I have to ask Stormy all the time. What'd you say? What'd you say? I didn't hear it again. Um, but man, when we can't, when there's stuff, we can't hear. And so if you're sin, if you're wrapped up in sin, it's going to make hearing God a whole lot harder. But First John 1, 9 is one, just one example of a verse of what we do. If we confess our sins, he is faithful and just to forgive us our sins and cleanse us from all unrighteousness. He will unclog our ears. Confession is a huge way to acknowledge our sinfulness to God, but also to acknowledge God's sovereignty over us, his ability, his, his uh, uh, power, the one who judges, the one who heals, who has the power to cleanse our sin, to save us from our sins, to transform our lives. And so that's why we confess. It's because that helps us transform our lives. So sin can disrupt our connection. So can noise. Ah, we'll do this. Sin, noise. Ever heard of that term noise or high traffic when you're on the internet? Yeah, it slows you down. If everybody's on at the same time, 
especially if you're streaming movies at home and stuff and your whole neighborhood is, you're probably not going to end up watching your movie because there's a disruption. The same with our lives. If we're so caught up in our schedules, our busyness, our priorities, our things, our stuff, if we're caught up in the world, we never get alone time with God. We never get alone and quiet with God. We're going to miss his voice speaking to us. Psalm 46.10, be still and know that I am God. I will be exalted among the nations. I will be exalted in the earth. And that translation, that's just one of the translations. There's others that say, cease striving. Stop trying so hard and just wait. Just be in the presence of God. Another one says, stop fighting. Be still, cease striving, stop fighting. Solitude is becoming my best friend. It's my one word. I get away from the world, from the noise, from the distractions, and I just spend time with my Abba Father. And I just be a child of his. I get to lean into Jesus and feel him lean into me. It fills me up. It rejuvenates me. It allows me to com- just, just keep going, to keep working, keep serving. And if we don't do that, if we don't depart, here's a quote, if we don't depart for a while, then we're going to come apart after a while. And if you don't, and, and we'll talk more about this next week, but if you don't just, man, go and spend time with God, find places of solitude, of silence, and just listen for him, hear him, seek him, you're going to come apart. You can't handle your life no matter how much you try, let alone anybody else's life and anything going on in the world. But God wants to empower you to be able to walk through any situation that comes from just being with him. Almost everything will work again if you unplug it for a bit, including you, or if you restart it, you know. We need solitude and silence with God in order to hear him. So don't expect to hear him in loud places, in a loud situation, if you're not listening for him in the quiet places, in the quiet moments of privacy, which leads to the other issue that can pop up uh, with our connectivity. I forgot what it was. Lack of familiarity. I'm just going to put an F. Uh, familiarity. Uh, Thank you. Isn't my handwriting beautiful? Lack of familiarity. When we don't have familiarity with God's voice, chances are we're going to miss it. Um, we, we have to have a consistent, a strong connection. And if we don't have familiarity, we'll, we'll miss it. First Kings 19 is the story of, of this crazy dude. This powerful, like he, he is one of my favorite characters of the Bible, Elijah, because he did some of the craziest thing. He had a battle, one verse 850, and he didn't even fight anybody and he won. Um, yep, he went on a mountain. He made this bet against 850 bad guys and said, look, we're going to build some altars. I'm going to soak mine in water and whichever one burns up by our God wins. And he called on God and was like, look, I want people to know who you are. God showed up. But Elijah walked away very down, very depressed, very, very broken after that because his life was threatened. And he, he, he got his eyes off the prize. He, he stopped focusing on God. And so God called him to this mountain. And listen, 
Well, this is what, what God says. Go out and stand on the mountain before the Lord. And so behold, the Lord passed by and a great and strong wind tore the mountains and broke the pieces, the rocks before the Lord. But the Lord was not in the wind. After the wind, an earthquake, but the Lord was not in the earthquake. And after the earthquake, a fire enveloped the mountain, but the Lord was not in the mountain, I mean, not in the fire. And after the fire, the sound of a low whisper, a gentle blowing, as some translations say. And when Elijah heard it, he wrapped his face in his cloak and he went out and stood at the entrance of the cave and behold, there came a voice to him and said, what are you doing here, Elijah? God doesn't speak in louder and louder volumes to out speak, outgrow the, the volume of the world. He speaks in a still, small voice, a gentle whisper. He isn't like the world. He's not getting in the shouting match. John 14, 26 says this, but the helper, the Holy Spirit, whom the Father will send in my name, he will teach you all things and bring to your remembrance all that I have said to you. John 16, 7 says, nevertheless, I'll tell you the truth. It's your advantage that I go away because so, if I don't go, the helper will not come. But if I go, I will send him to you. God speaks through his spirit, the spirit-to-spirit connection. And the Holy Spirit isn't described as coming in and making you feel all the guilt and regret about your sin. No, he's described as a helper, a teacher. The Spirit comes to help us flourish with Jesus through love and truth. Galatians 5, 22 through 23 talks about the fruit, what, what the Spirit brings. And the Spirit brings love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, self-control. Not, man, this bearing down, you better do what I say or I'm going to squash. No. How do you know it's the Spirit's voice? Is it a voice of love? Is it a voice of joy, peace, patience, kindness? A voice helping, guiding, teaching. If this is how God's voice sounds, then we can rule out the voices that don't line up with that. John 10, 27. John 10, 27. My sheep hear my voice. This is Jesus. My sheep hear my voice and I know them and they follow me. How can you hear from God? Make sure you have the capacity that your spirit is lined up. Make sure you're in proximity, that you are drawing close to him often and consistently. Make sure you have connectivity, that you are using the right connections, going at his speed with all the disruptors eliminated, becoming familiar to his voice through Jesus. How can you really know it's his voice? Three signals that it's his voice. This is helpful. Is what you're hearing line up with the Bible? It means you kind of need to be in the Bible to understand that. But are what you're hearing, what you think is the Spirit, what you think is God, is it line up with Scripture? Second, do you feel the Spirit nudging you, prompting you? Again, you have to be saved because the Spirit-to-Spirit thing. But do you feel the Spirit speaking through your conscience, telling you, guiding you, from right to wrong, what the choice may be. And another way, if you line all three of these things up, is circumstances. God has a way of opening doors and keeping them shut whenever they need to happen, whenever it needs to happen. And if there's a door open, but 
for some reason that choice doesn't line up with scripture or that choice doesn't line up with what you think God is nudging you towards, you don't need to be going through it. And I've known so many people that have gone through wrong doors because they wouldn't wait on the Lord or because they wanted to take hold of their lives and it just didn't work out. There's a story I tell because, man, God was speaking so massively to me and we couldn't get through to him, uh, to the person. And, uh, man, this person was going to choose uh, uh, sports um, over uh, the calling that this person had to ministry, to missions. Um, and the doctor was advising this person against it. We were. I don't know who else was, but man, I, I was just clear. I was like, look, God, God, man, pressed it on my heart, and it's biblically accurate, and all the circumstances seem to be lining up that I got to tell you this is not the path you want to take. This is not real life. They chose it anyway, and they never got to experience the, the, the blessings of just being able to be the hands and feet of Jesus in massive ways God would have used that person. And they blew out their knee. I think it was their knee. I don't really know. Um, don't remember. Um, and, yeah, couldn't do sports anymore. God has an amazing, abundant life for you, but, man, when we walk away from him, when we're not listening to him, when we're not being aware of our circumstances and the way God is working, we're going to miss it. Lining up with the Bible, spirit nudging, circumstances lining up as well. And until you know what God is saying, wait. If you're not sure what God is saying, resort to what he said last. Because if God is saying something, th something to you, he wants you to hear it. God will keep repeating it to you. And even if you hear it and you start following it, God will assure you of it. And one way to summarize all that, this is huge, if you want to write this down. If you want to know what God's voice sounds like, understand this. His voice is going to sound, is going to look like Jesus. His voice is going to look like Jesus. If you don't know Jesus, now I don't mean as a savior, I mean walking in daily relationship with Jesus. Man, you're going to get a little bit confused sometimes on, his, on hearing God. His voice looks like Jesus. Colossians 1, 15 through 20, man, spells it out that Jesus is God. He's the image of the invisible God. For by him all things were created and he is before things, in him all things he holds together. He's the head of the church, the beginning of the firstborn from the dead. For in him all the fullness of God was pleased to dwell. And he reconciles all things to himself, whether on earth, heaven, making peace by the blood of the cross. And I skipped some parts in there, a powerful verse, Colossians 1, 15 through 20. The more you know Jesus, the more you'll be able to recognize God and hear God. Then what? When you hear God, then what? Our response to hearing God should be praise, should be thanksgiving, should be adoration, should be confession, all the other parts of prayer. But we should also have some anticipation, waiting anxiously to hear from God, expectantly to hear from God. Jesus, and we'll, we'll hit on some of this more next week, Jesus said, man, if you, if you want to hear from God, ask, seek, knock. Be that annoying person that calls God all the time, that bangs on his door until he answers. 
God desires that. He wants us to thirst for conversation with him, to thirst for his voice. What else do we do? Obey. If God tells you something, follow through with it, because I guarantee you that leads to real life while nothing else will. I would love to get some of your questions, and we'll, we'll spend more time on some of those next week if you have any questions. But here's my challenge for you. This week, every day, 10 minutes. Just 10 minutes. And sometimes that feels like an eternity. But force yourself, do whatever it takes to find a place of seclusion, of solitude, of silence, and just be with God. Your goal isn't to get something from God. It's not to get answers. It's not to hear some magnificent message like God told me the end of the world and when it's going to happen. Well, the Bible says that's not going to happen. Like, he's not going to tell anybody. Um, so you'd be lying. But just sit with him and be with God. Give him the opportunity to speak to you. And see what you feel like you hear. Does it line up with the Spirit's pushing it on me, the Bible, and circumstances? And then there's all this other stuff as well. But I would love to get any of your questions. So if you want a separate sheet of paper, or if you have them on that paper and you just want me to take a picture or something like that, whatever works. Um, Because I I want to help you all with this. This will help you in your relationship with God and everything else in your life. Let me pray for you. Father God, I just thank you so much for these students. God, they are a blessing to have in my life. And I'm so glad they're part of this ministry, my life, and what we're doing and how we're, we're just chasing you and trying to know you more and more and more. God, may we walk in relationship with you, not just in selfishness where we're asking just for stuff and demanding stuff of you, but no, may we truly be able to sit down, to wait, and just be with you. God, help unclog our ears. Help us make, make, make connection so that we can hear your voice. Line our spirits with yours and may your Holy Spirit just pour into our lives the things that we need to be assured, the things that we need to be reminded of, the things that we need to be uh, 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 you know, taught, disciplined in, whatever it may be. Speak to us, Lord, for your servants are listening. And send your name up for pray, Jesus. Amen.